0: Welcome to the Get a Grip podcast. This is episode six. We are here on May 25th, recording it on Tuesday night, to bring to you this week's uh, sports betting, gambling talk. Business-wise, you find the show uh, at Sports Handle, at Sports underscore Handle. My name is Dave Cheripe, and I'm the sportsbook consigliere. With me, my Partner here on the sports betting podcast, which we call Get a Grip, Dan Bach. He's at Dan underscore back b a c k, pronounced Bach. Dano, what's up? How are you this evening, sir? You, you know, I'm somewhat disappointed here because
1: normally on the intro you go straight down the old uh, the Twitter bio. Yeah, and I actually changed my Twitter bio. You did? I
0: a little bit. I, this is news to me. I, you didn't I, even tell me in the thread. Nothing. Would you change it too? Tell well, me. I mean, I I added reference to this
1: fine podcast in there, oh, so now man. it's like official. But I I was oh. hoping you might go back there and and uh, and and notice that I, you know it's official I, now. I,
0: I apologize. We're one Dave, two Dan's. Dan Newbert, <laughs> the producer of the show at Newbie Talks. Newbie, you're good, brother. You're you're all good?
2: Oh yeah, we're we're great. And I actually pulled up real quick uh the new, the new. Twitter profile of Can you read
0: uh, it of, always of, sounds better when that's, you
2: That's read. what I figured is you know yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not like we're bringing out strippers here but uh, we'll we'll, we'll, <laughs> do, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do what we can do uh Dan Bach roto Grinders director of media DFS player db730 a partner at Better Collective Tennessee rotogrinders.com, scores and odds.com the co-host of Get a Grip at sportshandle.com ooh
0: sizzle how'd you fit all that shit in there man yeah. that's a that's, that's a, a good work there there is
1: no characters left <laughs> there's a lot of the little at symbols Uh yeah yeah, um, yeah you know tennessee is tn uh yeah i oh. abbreviate everywhere i could but i had to fit this in now because i feel like we're getting some momentum people yeah, are enjoying yeah. the show so uh yeah and today that's should good. be a
0: good one man like yeah we got, yeah, you know, we got...
1: stuff to talk about
0: we got a couple good things to talk about. We're gonna we're gonna mention this uh, Joey Kanish, Dave Portnoy, Beef uh, Barstool Sportsbook. We have audio clips. We're gonna discuss that. That was the talk of the town, um, both on social media and on sports handle. Uh, Jeff Edelstein. Wrote an article about it that you can go on, and he he did a good job with it. He did a like, great job. He did a great job with that. Uh, who's to blame from least to worst, and you know, to for all of it? So yeah. it was very good. I mean, you got to go back and find that article. I thought did. What did you take away from his article, Dan?
1: Well, I mean, I just know that in, in the world of journalism and especially commentary, and I think. You know, Jeff is a little bit different. He gives a lot of commentary rather than As just he's kind he's of writing. straight news. Yeah. But it's it's hard to write a story about a situation regarding two people, and neither of them will talk to you or give you quotes. Yeah. Like, that's really difficult to do, but he did it. He did it well. He did it entertaining. And, you know, we're going to talk about maybe a couple quotes of his own in there yes. that I found interesting, but uh, <laughs> really good work. And again, like if you found this podcast, maybe you found it through Sports Handle. If you didn't, check it out because everything we kind of talk about, they're usually dive really deep and just amazing reporting and, and commentary and the site itself is is phenomenal. So huge, huge shout out, shout out to Smiley and the crew. They, they yep. crush it over there.
0: Yeah, that. Smiley references uh, at Brett Smiley on Twitter. He's uh, the executive uh, editor-in-chief uh, of the site, and he proofreads, he adds different uh, movie scenes, different things in there. There's a couple of good ones on there. So um, that'll be the first thing we discuss. The second thing we discuss is this other thing that's kind of taken a little bit of a life of its own, this betting on the NFL draft and uh, ESPN Uh, personality Doug Kazarian you know cash a ticket for 300,000 multiple tickets um, different ways he betted on a kiosk and all kinds of things we'll just discuss that and how that happened and what the ramifications of it are for a couple different things and then third thing on the list on the rundown is sharp bettors do you need them do you want them and how do you book them we're going to kind of go back and forth a little bit with that and then lastly on the way out we're hopefully going to get to uh, Fandle signing a deal with the Associated Press to be the exclusive odds provider. Um, I don't know. (laughs) We'll discuss that, whether that's what that's good, bad, and different. I don't know. AP, Associated Press, does does it mean anything? I don't know. We'll, we'll, We'll get to that in a minute. So that's the show. First thing out of the gate, Dan. Kanish. I had Kanish on my podcast, Cash Considerations. He's crazy. I mean, he's literally crazy. Um, But he bets stuff that wins. Like, he bets a lot of stuff. And it's mostly, you know, it ain't the main stuff. He ain't laying Lakers minus two. But he's picking some props. He's picking some, you know, first quarter totals, different things, winning more than he's losing. Dave Portnoy, by the way, runs Barstool. Um, He's everywhere on social media. And these two somehow, uh, you want to talk about a juxtaposition, a a, a meeting? Like, this is weird that these two have somehow got on the same story, platform, whatever. What was your first impression when you saw this stuff before reading Jeff's story? Well, I think before we do
1: that, I think we should play the clips okay. so the audience sure. can, you know, understand exactly what we're talking about if, right. if they, they don't know the situation or haven't read the article. So okay. uh, this is uh, – we'll start with with Kanish, Joey Kanish. Uh, I don't really know him that well. I just know him from his Twitter personality, yeah. which uh, – I always find entertaining. He's been on. If he's not does, you know, betting shows here and there. I've seen him around, yep. and uh, I, I just love people with personality, and it's something yeah, that's he, hard he. to find in the betting space, in the fantasy space. So when you see him and you come across him, whoa, whoa, uh, whoa! What are
0: you saying? Guys don't have personality in this business. Hey, I don't uh, know, man. Uh, I, 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 they're,
1: they're 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 hard to find. They're oh hard boy. to find. Okay, ones come. that I think can can hold up. In front of a oh, microphone and, right. and entertain because I think okay. that's half the battle sometimes. So, um, so Kanish, let's let's play him. This was on Twitter. He released this on Twitter, and this is uh, regarding Barstool, where he of course was was betting at at the time. So fired up newbie.
2: Absolute disgrace! They can play up all they want. Barstool, oh, we're the people's sports book. The People's Loser Sportsbook. The whole percentage is 80% because they're fraudulently betting with so many people, but they can't pay out a couple of winners. Yeah, oh, Because the student had a real stoolie unless you're betting the can't-lose parlay, which is 0-65 oh, in, in the last 65 days. But oh, now we can't bet it because you won a few bets. Absolute disgrace. Dave, Big Cat, all of them. Frauds, shills, every single one. Barstool sports book. Disgrace. Go back somewhere else.
1: Wow. I mean, that's aggressive. That is uh, very aggressive. And, and basically yeah. that this is in response to them to him getting a uh notice from Barstool that um that, that basically said you're not allowed to play here anymore. Do we have the exact characterization of how they phrase that too in that in that message?
0: Um in in the written message in or the in written message Portnoy said. Um it's there's a reference to it on the on the story on Sports Handle. And if you go back on Kanish's uh Twitter handle, which is at Joey Kanish, uh K N I S H, you can find it on there. He posted he posted the letter. He went on that rant. I mean, he had his own emergency press conference in Dave Portnoy style. I mean, you take on the stoolies, you take on Port or you take on the world. Well, and here's what it was is they labeled him as
1: a player with non-recreational tendencies by yes. Barstool. Yes. So that was that was an interesting characterization of <laughs> of a of a sports better. So um it, Portnoy, he does his own podcast. He probably does like five of them a week or whatnot. Yeah. But I think he's got his own The Day Portnoy podcast, and we ripped this clip from that show, where he addresses this situation with the co-host. So mm-hmm. uh, newbie, this is uh, Portnoy uh, responding to Joey Knick. These promos
2: that are meant to give players great odds, but then there's a group of people who use those odds can bet them both ways, multiple accounts, things of that nature. They guarantee you win. Not illegal, theoretically. Illegal with terms and conditions of what we say. But that's how you go bankrupt, allowing that type of behavior.
1: And so
0: this... (laughs) I mean, for the listeners that uh, they're not watching, the dance like he's turning, he's leaning, shucking and jive, left and right. Like, where do you leave that? Where do you come with now? What are you saying? It's such a tough spot. You look like you just won the Stanley Cup, and you can't talk. Well, I'm
1: trying to I'm trying to figure out the way to say it because they they both make some valid points, but the problem with the thing with Kanish is you know he said that he never used bonuses he he wasn't a bonus hunter okay? okay he wasn't a guy who um you know excessively used them only used them
0: in the book we called them bonus, just, okay, bonus the, horse just bonus horse i like it yes, because he, they he, just went to book to book yeah. to book to book or you signed up and got the bonus then your cousin signed up and got the bonus you created fake ids to get the bonus everyone used the bonus just for the bonus and That's i don't and i don't feel like
1: kenisha's would be that like this oh, guy has no. been above board as a gambler and vocal you know for for years so this isn't like just a, a random guy here this is a guy who's kind of has a, a track record uh so i believe him on that front i absolutely do and i think but what portnoy is saying not wrong because there are people who are doing exactly what he says yes that abuse you know bonuses uh, you know multi-account there are people who do that but I don't think that this situation was that. I think this was strictly a situation where Kanish probably was winning money at a high clip bar stools said nah <laughs> he's winning too much and they shut him down so you know when portnoy gets wind of this he asks what's going on because you know he's still on the outside a little bit he's not in that room dealing with this aspect of the business and they probably fed him the line that, that he spoke about right here i mean he used the term bots yeah. when re- when referring to a professional gambler yeah. okay i You know, he used the term card counting, not in the quote that we had, but earlier in that he he equated them to card counters. What is, I mean, you're somebody who's worked in the books. You're somebody who's, you know, uh, has experience, you know, in terms of people, how they categorize people. Do you consider a sharp better in the same realm as a card counter? What
0: do you think? I think there's a lot of car- card counters that help build casinos too. Like there's a lot of I mean, just because you're a card counter doesn't mean you're a winner. There's a lot of card counters that are bad at it. There's a lot of professional betters that I don't know go where they got that runs. I I yeah, I don't know where they got that license. Um I don't because there's nowhere you go and, and you get certified to be a professional better. A lot of people call themselves professional betters that they're not. So are they card counters? Absolutely not. Like, but there are guys, there are things called betting bots that, you know, they bet for you. You set the parameters and they go bet for you. When lines are off, they bet whatever you tell the parameters are. So whether they go through every hour, every half hour, every five minutes, every two minutes, these bots go through lines and pick off off lines that aren't in line with what everyone else's is. So they're good with that. That happens. That's not what is doing. There are people that bet both sides of a game, Dan. They lay four and they take six. Happens way more than you think. Oh, sure. There's not a lot of people taking sides.
1: Well, and, and, you know, it, it happens in a lot more niche markets when you talk about props, which move around as much as they oh, do. Yeah. I mean, you know, we'll get to the NFL draft. Like, there's yeah. there was huge arbitrage opportunities there to catch middles when you've got things that are moving that much you know your standard you know lines lakers minus two maybe it moves to one and a half maybe it moves to one but you're you're not you're never going to set yourself up for huge middle spot um but you know you mentioned conditions maybe somebody who bets more of those niche things you can easily bet both sides and sometimes catch the middles. And again, I, I don't know the context because he's pretty vague about exactly what's happening. But, yeah, you know, I think this all kind of rounds back into um, a little bit more about, like, the bonusing because that's, you know, what Barstool – what they're doing is they're focusing their talents – or not their talents, they're marketing towards these square players, towards the people who oh, want yeah. to, you know – we talk about it all the time. That a little win a lot. There's a reason that they they promote parlays yeah. is because that's what they want people to play. And it's not just Barstool. And whenever you it's look on, books, yeah. on on Twitter and these sports books, they're all promoting: look at this guy, he won a yeah. six-leg parlay, you know, and and took down thirty thousand dollars. Like, there's a reason they do that. Why do you think they do it? Just because that yeah. guy won. Guess what? There's going to be hundreds of them, thousands of people who don't win. And yep. that's where you they're making their most their their most money right now are on those parlays. We all know that. So, um you know, I I think it's I think it's a situation because I think that some of the stuff Portnoy says makes a little bit of sense, but I also don't think it applies to this situation here. But, you know, that always goes back to you know, just this overarching conversation we'll seem to have every week is like, should these books even like what do they have to gain by by booking sharp action? And we're already seeing books DraftKings has done it to to Spanky. I know that he's he's on a diatribe here in the last couple of days. He's been going crazy on uh, on Twitter, you know, reminding everybody he, he can't bet on DraftKings Sportsbook. And and now you've got this situation with Kanish and Um, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious of your take on that because, you know, you're somebody who's handled sharp action before. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the predominant thing we're seeing right now is that if you have a pulse in sports betting in terms of making money, they're limiting your action pretty severely. And then maybe in some cases, not taking it at all. And people wonder like, how can you set up an open free market in, in in sports betting and then not legitimately have it be an open free market because you're being successful. How, how does that make sense?
0: So a couple of things there. There was a lot to unpack. So I didn't see Kenisha's bets, and I don't see Penn's handle, but I don't have to. I've seen this nonsense and bullshit for 20 years. I came into the business in a place that was taking bets. We never threw a person out. If they were beating us, we got better. I mean, I was with the guy. He tried to hire people that were beating us. Tell me what you're looking at. I'll hire you. I'll pay you X amount. You tell me the numbers, what you're looking at, because we needed to get better. You know, we couldn't just keep paying the guy every week or whatever. So there was no throwing anybody out. We offered a limit. If it was 10 times a game, everybody got 10 times a game. Whether you were winning, losing, so you get the same limit
1: to everybody. Your, your biggest winners
0: to, to your to your your biggest square bettors. Yep, this is this is the limit. Ten times was the you know if that was uh, the NBA sides, it was ten. If you wanted fifty, we tried to accommodate you in every way we could. We maybe took you know twenty five and said, listen, we can take twenty five at that number. We may move the number to point. Do you want it for the second bet? You can get the whole fifty, but we got to move it once. You know, or, you know, do you want to split it on a money line? Like we would, we would look for reasons to take a bet, not look for reasons to not take a bet. That's the difference. All right. That's what the business has become. Now you can't allow that because a lot of times they're better than the book. They're definitely better than people booking these games and stuff from places that don't understand the American bookmaking ways of doing business. It's just a different way of life. So But the technology is better. The wise guys, the sharp guys, whomever they are, I mean, they do have betting bots. Well, there's no betting bots, booking bots that that balance, balance. You know, when you get so much, there's auto line moving software where now everything's automated. We'll look at the way the stock market's being traded. There used to be guys holding up tickets on the stock market, trading, had to get a buyer, seller, this or that. Now everything's automated. Well, that's what they're turning bookmaking into, and it's not. It's different. So, but there's bots and people that are, I used to call them, (laughs) I used to call them the cleaning crew. When a number was off and, you know, account number 57859 bet it, I just knew whatever, he would take whatever limit we gave him, whether it was $100, a nickel, a dime, whatever it was, when he bet it, my line was off because I called him the cleaning crew. He cleaned up my boards. He probably won more than he lost, but I never threw him out. He was doing me a service. I had to watch everything in the book. I never just watched one thing. Betters get to watch one thing. You get to watch NBA. That's it. So I call them the cleaning crew, the board washers, you know, they referred to. They're not perceived as good, good. Um no one likes them in the book. They're they're they're, they're jag offs, they're this or that, but they help you. You have to use them for what it is now who determines who's recreational versus who's professional. That's a great question, right? That, that is a great question.
1: Yeah. And, and, and yeah. I'll, and I'll stand by this too. Like if you want to look at Joey and say you're a, we view you as a professional better and we don't want to offer you bonuses. I have zero problem with that. I think yeah. that these books, you probably should be, you know, more conservative than they are in a lot of cases with the bonus with the odds boosts and stuff that they give out to to customers out there, now they're you know if you're a successful better, you don't you probably shouldn't be getting those sort of promotional opportunities because you don't need it. Those are built for clearly to you know retain customers who they view are not very successful to keep them betting. I get it from the business aspect. I understand what they're doing, but they also should have the right. To say, nah, you've you've done enough. You've won enough using these bonuses, or you don't need to use these bonuses. I don't have any problem with that, but to limit or throw a guy out because you view him as a non recreational better, and again, this is coming from Kanish that this is what happened. That to me is a little bit too far of a of a oh, bridge it's too to, big of to a go. jump. Yeah, it's way too way big, too big of a way jump. too big. And you want to say no bonuses? fine. I'm with you. You have every right in the world to, to pull back a marketing mechanism for a particular customer. Zero qualms with that. But I'm not sure that's exactly what
0: happened based on what we're hearing from his side. No. And again, I don't know specifics, so I can't speak for this specific case. But I know I've seen it for years. I mean, guy's beating you. You know, he gets thrown up. He's beating you to a number. I mean, he, he's just he's beating the closing line. This closing line value, CLV, yeah. everybody talks about it. It doesn't guarantee you win. No. It gives you the best success, it, you know, likely to win. But I was working with guys that would just print this closing line value report and go, well, this guy beat eight, eight of his last 10 bets. He beat the closing line, put him in the sharp category. Well, did he win? Well, no, he went three and seven, but he beat the closing line. Well, he's losing. Like, why would you limit him? We need him to keep playing. He thinks he knows something. So my perception of Sharp is very different than what is going on in the world now. I say it all the time. Nobody knows shit, even the Sharp guys. The bookmakers, nobody knows shit. Put the line up, book the bets. I mean, and I would book it. i book them all. All these people in the media, all these people like that, you know, bet offshore. I probably booked them all. It's fine. I had guys that won. The real OGs, the real guys that win, nobody knows their name. They're ghosts. They they bet volume, 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 and hold two to three percent of what they bet. That's those are the pros. Those are the OGs. And you ain't gonna see them on Twitter. You ain't gonna see them on no podcast. I don't, I know them all. Um, at least well, the ones that have been in Vegas and they ain't saying a goddamn word, Dana. Well, and this is interesting because there was
1: a line in, in, again, this gets back to Jeff being a great writer and, and kudos, uh, Alfonso, uh, Strafon, who yeah. he, follow him on Twitter. A great He's the best. T- yep. Tons of good stuff that he puts out there. And he had a tweet today about this and, and I found it interesting because I don't know that I really agree because, uh, yeah, I'd mentioned this before, but this is the quote he said. And this is from Jeff's article speaking about himself. Listen, I'm not a pro gambler. I'm not a pro sports better, but I certainly do not look at my betting and DFS play as recreation. Sure, it's fun, but when I'm putting money down on something, it very, very quickly becomes work you know who agrees the irs so let's not pretend (laughs) sports betting is akin to needlepoint or scrapbooking i love it because there's a lot of snark in that line absolutely but but it's also you know the reason the irs is involved is because there's money involved and i said it last week regarding dfs and i'll say it again you know the same applies to sports betting DraftKings 84% of people over the last 30 days are losers on DraftKings DFS. Woo! Documented on 84. their sites, 84% are documented losers in terms of profitability playing DFS on their site. The the over half of the winners are the top 1%. But here's the deal. This this has been the, the trend for 11 years in dfs (laughs) and you know what
0: dfs is still growing
1: it's it's not it's it's not it's not dying and the reason that is it's because it is entertainment and recreation to the majority of people who play it and the same applies to sports betting and that's why parlays are so damn popular is because they view it as a lottery ticket I yeah. I I'll do a fifteen team parlay for five bucks. Maybe I'll win a hundred K, you yeah, know? Right. But it's five bucks to them. They don't yeah. they don't they don't view it as that. And nope. even people who are betting a hundred dollars a game, most of these guys, it gives them a sweat for the night. Absolutely. You know, they, most of <laughs> these people who are are buying picks, they're not buying because they even want to they feel like oh, this, this pick is going to make me a winner? It's because they don't want to do the work. Oh. Like, he says, that's the whole thing. It's For like, sure. uh, well, it we'll very quickly becomes top. work. I yeah. don't want to do work. I'd well. rather have somebody who's more informed give me an well. informed opinion well. Well. That, that, and I, when I say more informed, I'm not well. saying they're the best sports better, but they might be more informed than the people who are Maybe. making the pick themselves. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe. 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 but... <laughs> That's the point I'm trying to make is they don't want to do the work and that no, is the majority. That is the 90% plus who easy. are who are, who are betting. Maybe yeah. 95% of the people yeah. who are betting. So, you know, you Yes, I the, we'll the, do a
0: we'll do a tout uh okay. week, you know, service. We'll we'll do a tout episode where we talk okay. about touts and buying picks and what it is. I've said it for years. You buy picks, you know, a lot of people buy picks because they need someone to blame when they lose, and they definitely don't want to do the work on their own. There's, de- I mean, that's those are both reasons why that you know people still buy picks. I mean, this goes back, you know, to going to the track when I was a little kid. I saw this guy holding up a tip sheet. I mean, he literally had a two dollar tip sheet. He was he picked the races, and the guy I went with was like, "That guy don't know shit." Well, you're right. Nobody knows shit, and I've been saying it for years. So, a hundred percent, even with the newbie mush. You cannot take people down and, and, you know, stop them from doing parlays if they want to do parlays. But the problem is, and I'm not here to defend the books. I'm not. There's no sympathy for the books. But they make these snap judgments that you're recreational and professional based on three bets, sometimes five. Or I got lucky. I went on a heater. It can happen. You played blackjack at a table. You've been on a hot craps table. Like, it can happen. You can f- screw up while you're making the bets. You can bet all the wrong sides and they win. Book says, oh, he's a winner. Or, hope oh, he's beat the closing line. He's professional. Hey, professional. Stop yeah, that and, nonsense.
1: Yeah, and, and I don't know. And here's the deal. I mean, Knish, as far as we know,
0: is. You know, so he represents himself He represents himself as, represents yeah. himself I mean, so as he, that. Okay, Guys so, love to say it. If a guy tells yeah. you he's professional, put him in a professional there, there, there's bucket are going to do
1: to work. There's nothing <laughs> more gratifying than the humble brag that you're that you're limited at a sports book, oh, right? Isn't strange. that like the ultimate, like, <laughs> eh, I'm limited. I can't get anything down. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I get yeah. it. But here's the other thing to remember, too, is these sports books, these massive sports books, they're – the. They're like data companies. Like there is tons of data that they look at regarding Ooh. these uh, these accounts, and and you might shake your head, and, and and maybe in the and long ago it wasn't, but I know for a fact that the DraftKings they've even called themselves, you know, we're 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 a data company as yeah. much as anything. They follow this. They know exactly where to limit you these days. Like yeah. they they have got a whole spreadsheet on on yeah. exactly what type of better you are, where you're good, where you're not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's what we're gonna see more and more of these sports books doing is just building the profile of the player. And you're right. Like I I hope through three, five, six bets a month, they're not making snap calls. But oh. over the course yeah. of a year or so, six months, you should have a pretty good idea of what type of customer a person is, right? I mean, don't. I
0: I know fair? for a fact that uh, um, my guys at Circa, I you know, because you, you can set up as many profiles as you want. Sure. There's two. There's a limit and there's above limit. That's all they got. That's it. I mean, it's pretty simple. You give everybody the limit and then you give the guys that really play and that want to. And, and talk to you. Circa's such an outlier, experience. though. You know, that. it is. Like, they're know, not but booking what FanDuel
1: and DraftKings are
0: booking in, across the country. No, they should be. They should they, be, but they're they, not. You know, I but mean, they it's. They could be. Like, that's what I booked offshore. Like, we were booking gigantic numbers because we were taking it from everywhere across the world. The volume game balances out. Everybody's laying 110. Well, now they're laying 114, 117, and all this bullshit. I mean, its prices aren't getting better. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and, and and that's a good story. Go read Jeff's story. There's a it, lot of and story.
1: it's honestly, I just love the drama. You know, oh, I, it's the best. It, oh. it, it, like, uh, you know, he, here, no, there, like whatever side you want to take. Yeah, it's like the Brooks Koepka, uh, Bryson DeChambeau thing. Like the more <laughs> the more rivalry and drama we have. The better it is for us to do content it's, like this. It's so.
0: personality. That's for it sure. is personality. It's whether yeah. you guys are the jag off or not, it's for you little to little determine. Quick but, question: yeah. Do you think?
1: And I've, I've always wondered this. Um, do you think like Portnoy and Big Cat over at Barcel? Do you do you think they should be able to bet on the platform as much as they do? I mean, oh. these guys are <laughs> you know bet. According to their profiles, assuming this is all accurate, yeah. with their money on their sports book, which yeah. they say, you know, we're not involved, and I believe them. Like they're not the ones who are who are, you know, setting the lines and taking the action and and sitting in that room, you know, seeing what's coming in, and th- they're not doing that. They're basically a marketing vehicle no. for them. Yeah, but I right. still <laughs> think it's it's a little bit dicey when you see yeah. this it's guy scary. at Barstool who you know is you know. The biggest name around it. And, like, you know, that was one of the topics you had on the list. Is like, like, what is Barstool? Well, Barstool for me is, like, two guys. It's Portnoy and it's Big Cat. Yeah. And, you know, I Dan think and that's... Dave,
0: by the way, that's yeah, Dan
1: and Dave. Dan and Dave. And I, and I think, like, that, that move by Penn was... Brilliant, especially for the price tag considering all the stuff that we've seen. A brilliant play for them. It got them exactly what they wanted. It got them name recognition. They needed that. But I also wonder like at some point in time, those guys could just be like, hey, I made 15 million, whatever. Huge multi-million. They might just once they go, then what do you have? And I know that they've got like a, a a large um you know, podcast network and lots yeah, of, of yeah, other personalities. Right, but right. let's face it, those two guys drive everything that ship. Yeah. And if they go, that what happens to the rest of it? And even Porno, he can say, Oh, I'm not going anywhere. I am And, You know, he's so entertaining. Like I I think he is yeah. a genius at what he does, yep. but he's also uh, could just be like, I'm going to go move to uh, Barbados, see you later, Curacao. got a yacht, you know, nice, yeah? yeah, like see, you. <laughs> and, and then what happens, and and yeah, I, I feel like that's a big risk for that brand is, does um. it have long-term staying po- power beyond, you know, a 45-year-old who's Worth a hundred million dollars or whatever, and, and doesn't need to to continue the grind like this. Mm,
0: that's a good question. So, I would say, I, I would say that the the bet there is no. But you know, I mean, I don't know how long this whole business sustains the way it is right now. Three to five years yeah. for the whole business is going to be three books standing. I don't even know if Barcelona is going to be one of them. But I, I think it think?
1: gave it gave Penn a chance to be that book. Yes. So yes. I, I still think it was like the right move for everybody involved. But oh, that's what? like my big like long-term question yeah. with them as a brand is like, you know, I, I is Barstool a thing beyond those two guys. And from my perspective, um, I think it's it'll it'll drop pretty far <laughs> when that day comes when they decide to walk away.
0: He did his 40th birthday party here in Vegas and was at the Cosmo. And uh between him and McAfee, they were at my window betting. Um pretty drunk and just having a blast and then you know we had a guy come into the casino that day never forget it with a gun he was he shot someone in a bus outside our old casino had to be cleared and i never saw them again um because they went their separate ways we went our separate ways through the catacombs of the of the casino and once they opened it back up who knows where they ended up and i ended up punching out and i was never there again i mean till the next day and Oh, playing. okay, totally. Not. Yeah. I thought I no, thought no, no. the, the like, gunman it was, like, was it. That was <laughs> no, it. You're no, like no. I'm out of here. They got no hair. more. <laughs> and, well, no. Everybody was pretty shook up, and I was yeah, like I got to sure. go. I got to go home. Yeah. My, you know, my phone was dead. Nobody can get in touch with me, and my wife was panicking. So I'm like, I'm out. Um. But yeah, it was fun. And while it lasted, they were so drunk, and they didn't have game numbers. And I was like, listen, I know who you guys are. Like I don't care. You guys got to have your game numbers. You got to you got to oh, come to the to window. Ye. Oh, I buried them. It was great. <laughs> I I I big time them in my book. Like it was awesome. So that was fun. All right. Speaking of big time, here's a here's another story that we got to address. Um, ESPN personality, friend of mine, Doug Kazarian, hit a draft bet for three hundred k, three hundred. 1000 on a 3 about 3000 plus
1: bet too. Yeah.
0: It's probably total 3750. The story appeared both Darren Ravel wrote a story uh that appeared on the Action Network and um my buddy Todd Dewey, re- re- sports gambling reporter at the Review Journal also wrote a story about it and it appeared there. So basically what was your takeaway from what you read because there's been A little bit of question about both the bet, the odds, the way it went down. Should Dougie even be making the bets and all these different things? Like, what did you take away from it? Because I know I'm really close to the situation here. So I want to hear your take, what you saw and read from Florida first.
1: Yeah, first off, like, congrats, Doug. Like, that's an (laughs) awesome, that's an awesome hit. And, you know, I think it's pretty. It, it it's pretty cool to see somebody who talks about sports betting every single day, living it out there in Las Vegas and, you know, having this kind of massive situation, which was played exactly how somebody who, you know, is talking about sports betting should bet it. You know, this wasn't, this wasn't a lucky 10 team parlay that, that hit for, 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 you know, 300 K this was, looking at the boards, talking to smart people and taking advantage of a situation that the sports book had out there. Basically what happened was he bet on a safety for Georgia um, at a hundred to one to be the first safety off the board. Well, here's the catch is pretty much every other sports book out there had this safety. His name was Campbell from uh, again, from Georgia, and he was listed as a cornerback uh, on most of these other sports books, so he wasn't showing up on you know first safety drafted in most of the other books. But BetMGM had him listed as a safety. And the interesting thing is, because people are 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 saying like, oh, he got an inside scoop from somebody in the NFL, and that is you know bad integrity here. He shouldn't have been able to make that bet. But if you read the story, it wasn't Adam Schefter tipping him off. I think if it was somebody within ESPN who tipped him off and said, hey, we're, reco- we're, we're covering this. And I'm telling you, this Campbell guy, he's going to be first off the board. I think there would be a larger argument to be had about like how ethical is this because he's leveraging these contacts who are reporters within the company that he works for. I still don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I would have understood the argument. But according to the article, he got a tip from a professional better about this who said, you know what? This kid's stock is rising. His draft position opened at, what, 60 and a half. It's down to 46. Like, there's a chance that this guy could be the first safety off the board and certainly has much better than 100 to 1 odds of it happening. So." This is where it's interesting is I say, like, he's a smart guy. He knew he couldn't go and make a 10 grand bet on this, you know, straight out. So what did he do, Dave? Middle of the night, went to the kiosks, bet multiple times, bet under a certain amount that wouldn't trigger people to recognize, like, hey, what's happening here? And he got more money down on it than probably most people expected. So. You Know kudos to him, he found the, the quote unquote loophole, and it wasn't even a loophole, it was just the way they categorized a player. Like, I think if anything, the question should be would bet MGM if it wasn't Doug Kazarian, who's a national broadcaster on ESPN, would they have avoided that bet saying it was a mistake on their part? I don't think they would because this is certainly a pretty like black and white thing, you either put somebody at a position or you don't, you know, this isn't like a line came up bad. Like we've seen that happen FanDuel years ago where, you know, it it was a live in-game bet and it was like minus, they had like minus 35. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Remember when that happened, like it was clearly like a glitch in the system. This was no glitch. This was clearly the, the people who were setting those lines did not look close enough. Right. And left himself to be vulnerable, and he took advantage of it, and it, it paid off handsomely. So my only questions around it is: a, we saw Kazarian make 300k. How much did the other pro better make? And, and I mean, we don't need to know who he is, right. but I'd be curious to know: did he take 300k from them in this in in this same bet? And if not, like, why would a pro better say, "Do this? Um, I, I like this bet, but I'm not going to take it myself." Like, certainly. Betters and media personalities, we all talk. Okay. We all talk. But if there's something I believe in that I'm telling a buddy, I'm probably gonna go and bet it myself. So I haven't heard one way or another how much this tipster to Kazarian made on this bet. I'd be very curious of that one um, as well. And then the other thing was would also have been a nice little add to the story if there were other bets that were made that didn't pan out. Because everybody loves to talk about their wins, nobody loves to talk about their losses. Put, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Oh. Shocking, shocking. Whoa. So I'm wondering, were there other tips that this guy had? Did he put heavy money down on on other prop plays uh, for the draft that didn't pan out? Just curious. I love to know that stuff. <laughs> but all in all, congrats. I don't. He certainly didn't do anything wrong. And you know, I think kudos to the books for paying it out, and they
0: probably learned a really hard lesson,
1: really hard lesson on that.
0: Oh yeah. No, like I mean, and and you know, it's this specific story, but this has been a battle for books for years. Okay, this is what happens. Books cut their staff, you know, and, and you're undermanned. You 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 leave kiosks betting open late because you hope people are, you know, firing bets drunk, whatever. Like, I mean, the books sure. are not innocent in any of this. And I again am not defending the books, but Going under the radar late at night when the guy watching it is back east or in England because the Ben MGM people turn it over from Vegas at about 10 p.m. People in the business know this. So you know if you bet after 10 p.m., you get the B team. You sometimes get the C team. So, you know, after midnight, guy's taking a piss, guy's sleeping at his desk, guys, whatever. The risk guy's not watching shit if he's even watching it at all. So you hum a bet through, boom, a ticket comes out. Hey, 200, 100 to one, win 20 dimes, perfect. Out. Well, I'm going to do it again. Boom, give him, an opportunity to, give him an opportunity to move the line. Okay, all right, sure you are. Boom, another one comes through. If the bet was made in the middle of the day, you go in, They say, all right, you get a nickel at 100 to one, win 50,000. The next move is 50 to one. Want to bet it again? Yeah, I'll bet it again because I know I've been pointed out to. I probably didn't see it myself. I had somebody tap me on the shoulder. But they let, let me know that the cornerback's listed in the safety position. He's very, very likely to be drafted first or second of this group because he's a quarterback, not a safety. Like, we got to keep saying that. Don't, that. That's not lost on anybody. The book put the quarterback in the safety thing that's the first error number 1. Number 2, you got to pay the people more to watch the lines cuz can't get missed. Every time you make a mistake, somebody finds it. Somebody finds it. So, now during the middle of the day, 100 to 1 goes to 50 to 1. Do you want it again? Yes, give me another nickel. Nickel's the limit. Perfect. You win 25,000. We go from 50 to 1 to 25 to 1. Do you want it again? You can bet it again. Uh, you know what? I'm going to hit it one more time. Yeah, give it to me again. All right, 50 wins. Um 125. So now you laid out fifteen hundred. You did it in the bright ass middle of the day in front of everybody. Kudos to you. I tip my hat. You win seventy five. What is that? 80, seven five. I pay you. I take your picture. I put it up on the wall, in a good way. Instead, yes, you work the system. Yes, you got there. You go in the dark. You go cloak and dagger. You know, you sneak in there. You hum hum a bunch of tickets in. And then, you know, you tell the story. I don't know. I, if it was me, I think I would have just been like, all right, I'm going to get paid. I'm good. Because, you know, if you follow the people on Twitter that posted the story, a lot of people ask questions about, what well, would I have gotten paid? because, Or would they have used that well, error thing? Well, I, and I, and I, it's I,
1: interesting because they, they didn't – it sounded like they weren't – he didn't get paid right off the bat without question. There was – they, they, they clarified the the, the position – eligibility here so the question was like you just said like okay clearly they knew there's some sort of somewhat of a, a of a, a question here about the legitimacy of it and was it because it was dug or was it because it's the right thing to do like that's the curiosity of it now well, they did the right thing at the end yeah. so I, we don't really need to speculate too much on it. It's it's you no, know, we can other all to do. we can just yeah. if you want to be a, a pessimist, you could say they would have never paid me. But if you wanna be somebody who is feels like there's some good in this gambling world, you could say, you know what, they beat us and and they deserve to be paid. So you know, we'll never really know. But, Nobody's really going to give us an honest answer, one way or another. We don't. Right. We, we wouldn't think because well, everybody feels like they That's have an the agenda. Problem.
0: That's the right. They can't give an honest answer. Yeah, exactly. They want to give an honest answer. I know. I've been in those yeah. rooms. I've had it's those tough. discussions. And you have to. I mean, I, if they would ask me, I would tell them. But the book doesn't want to say like, hey. You know, somebody probably lost their job over this. That's the reality of it. Somebody probably lost their job because they put the number in wrong or they didn't watch it or whatever.
1: Here's the deal. These numbers, and this is where it's like I would be like, why do I lose a job? This probably had been up for, you know, at least a week. Because, you know, especially in Vegas, you know, I I think some of the other, you know, online books have, have had a ton of draft props up for for months leading up to it but I think in Vegas they usually probably around the week before they start doing it it's not like this was likely only up one day and they and they jumped on it like it probably was a situation maybe it was but I'm thinking it was more of a situation that um that you know he was listed at that position for a while and then once he finally got like the tip on the momentum, he's like, "Well, like here we go. This is our it's it's an opportunity yeah. that people are overlooking." So I mean, I, I'd hate to put it on one guy because fact of the matter is there's probably a bunch of people who missed that this guy should have been at a cornerback position. Oh, there's a, there, yeah, of a, there's
0: there's all kinds of ways yeah. that it can happen, and you know, but when you don't pay people to do the job, I mean, you know, literally you make the same probably working at McDonald's. That you do working in a risk room for certain companies. I mean, it's just fact. It's I've seen it. I've done it. It's not easy. It's a tough, bitter pill to swallow to go in there and handle billions of dollars and barely make a living. I mean, it's tough. But, it's but, very, very tough.
1: I'll, I'll tell you, the best thing we can learn from this is just how how soft the betting market is for the NFL draft. And oh, I, I think it's, it's one it's, of my favorite I think it's things changed to
0: Forever, Dan. I think it's changed forever there's going to be it was always a sharp market and it always had books on the defensive but this story is going to change it forever in the race to put up more I think you're going to see a pullback and I think you're going to see either you're going to lower limits you're going to have way lower limits for one but I think you won't be so quick to put up First safety drafted, first linebacker drafted, first like the scrutiny now, because a fuck up can be be hundreds of thousands of dollars, and not just that though is,
1: it just takes one fucking intern out there who's sitting in a in a meeting to hear something, to to leak something out, and that can oh. that, you know there they're and and you know that is a huge you know you people it's are saying well factor. you have that same risk with with injuries. Well, yeah, maybe to a point, but they still play the fucking game at right. the end of the day. Right. At the end of the day, like there's no game to this be played. No it's like it's like we <laughs> like this guy. He's not supposed to go until the third round and we're the Raiders yep. and we're going to take him in round 1 and yep. it don't matter. Yep. It don't matter who's on the board. We're taking this guy. So, you know, I I think it's um I I think the NFL draft is just such a soft market because the books They don't know. They literally, they literally don't know. And people always talk about like odds movement, this and that. They don't know that much. If they did, they wouldn't have been putting Mac Jones at, 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 at his odds to be drafted by San Francisco. Uh, And, and yeah, they probably, they, they probably get tipped off the hours leading up to it, but the weeks, the days, no, they don't, they don't. They don't have a clue. So
0: you know, all the stories are lies. Like the, the, yeah. the draft stories, like they're floating lies out so they can improve positions, possibly do trades. Nobody's telling the truth. Nobody it's the hardest, one it. of the hardest markets to book ever. I, mean, I used to hate it and I know what the guys go through to do it, but I mean, yeah, no kudos to Dougie Hat tip like he, I mean, yeah, awesome. he, he saw it big hit. It's great. Um, You know, and I told him, you know, Stakes on him next time we go out to eat. I mean, 100%. I'll tag along for that one. (laughs) All right. Uh, Last thing, real quick. Yeah. Vandal signs a deal with the Associated Press to be the exclusive odds provider. Um, Big deal? No deal? Like, does that matter in the scheme of things at all? Or is it just another case of, like, we're going to control the message. We're going to be pasted on everything. Let's go get the AP and be the... Exclusive, and I use the air quotes. Exclusive uh, odds provider.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's fine. I mean, it's a marketing deal for FanDuel, right. and honestly, if anything, it, you know, it, 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 it prevents these uneducated reporters from, you know, talking about, oh, oh, I don't know, Bovada, we'll one
0: place for the line. Do you think?
1: I don't. I don't really think it. I don't think it matters because the people who are mm. reading those things, they're not guys who are actively like shopping for the best line. Like you can't right. expect an AP writer to be like, oh, you know, referencing this and being like, eh, after I research at the time of researching it, the best line could be found at. They're never going to do that. This gives them an easy way to point to. Good. Point. Um, okay. It gives them an easy way to point to a place to get to reference betting lines okay. that is a regulated book in the states because so often they were going outside of the US and 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 using books that people can't yes. even play on legally yes. here in the US or at least you know get their money on and off of legally here in the US and and to me preventing that is in in you know kind of trying to get rid of that aspect makes us a net plus even though some people will still say oh well you know, FanDuel, you know, they're, they're not the market-making book, blah, blah, blah. That, that's yeah, fine. Right. That's, not the, that's not the point. You know, the point is the AP just got a chunk of money yes. and it made their writer's life a lot easier because they yes. can go to one place to find everything they ever need to talk about with sports betting. Is it the most accurate? Is it the most fair? You know what, that's for other people to debate. Right. But in the end of the day, it's really no different than ESPN only showing Caesar's lines on, on their right. broadcast. You right. know, Caesar yeah. pays them a buttload of money to just show their, their lines. Yes. Everybody Seriously. has their exclusive deals. And this is this is all what that is. And and people should say, you know, some people will be like, Well, it's the AP, it's a higher standard. <laughs> Who cares? It no, doesn't matter. These journalists the outfits, so they need they all need money. <laughs> you know, it's just their way to get cause... a piece of the sports betting pie, I've got no problem right. with it. And if anything, it's a smart move by FanDuel just because we know people are picking up AP stories all across okay. the country that it's just giving them press. It's not going to be on every story that's ever written, no. but you know, whenever it's referenced, it's going to be their brand. It's a smart move by them, to be honest with you.
0: It is a smart move, and I like the way you said it where I think it'll help kind of rein in the uneducated or the uninformed, you know, it'll have a a, a little more uniformity because I remember being in college and studying AP style and having to refer to the AP handbook and saying, oh my God, this is the way this needs to be referred to and spelled. And now we can go to one place, at least, you know, the, the ones that know, know, like they'll be able to go find the lines.
1: You what? just summed up exactly why. And if you notice, I've got the old Ohio University shirt going here yeah, today. Yeah, I see that. Um, it's why I didn't go into journalism or I, I started into <laughs> journalism there. And then I saw, oh my God, AP style book. Like, yeah. Screw that! I'm yeah. just going to be communications. <laughs> I'm moving to communications, and I don't have to worry about all that junk that these true journalists have to do. And uh, it's worked out well for me. I mean, that was one of the best decisions I've ever made because you're right. Um, you know, they're they've you know they're writing about a lot of different things. And believe me, like if they're writing a story about sports betting in general, uh, I think that they can probably talk about. You know, different books or whatnot, but I think this is really just a you know low hanging fruit type of
0: of course, uh, deal, you know yeah. for for
1: people like you said who don't know much about betting.
0: All right, yeah. exclusive too. I like that it's exclusive, so nobody yeah. else can provide the odds. Like no one's going to provide the odds. That's fantastic. <laughs> there's so much. There's so much bullshit at all these exclusive deals, but you but know. hey, you know what? I mean, it's what they do. They've got the money to
1: throw yeah. around when you're you know they. They, it, they it's it's money. a race man it's, it it's is, a race it it's okay. a race to 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 win and they're gonna <laughs> build everybody they're gonna spend as much as it takes to get there and worry about making money
0: years ever? down the road ever years down the road years years okay years down the road all right <laughs> well maybe years down the road we'll all get together and uh go see cinnamon up there at that joint that newbie was talking about last by the way last uh
1: okay can we ask can we do our ask newbie question for the day right now that was okay let's 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 leave it with this so newbie um (laughs) what do you use on that fine mane of yours because you're the complete (laughs) antithesis of me and dave who really don't have anything up (laughs) here and we're looking at you dude and like oh those locks are something else like i I would give anything one day to have hair like that.
0: One day, anything. One
2: day. Uh, um, this you guys are gonna hate me for this. I I like wash it like twice a week. Just you know, shampoo conditioner. It's it's all natural. I, my my everybody in my family says they fucking hate me because they all say. <laughs> you got all of the good genes in the whole entire family. And it's, and it's all in my hair. It's not in my brain. It's it's oh, nowhere. It's in your my,
1: voice and in your hair. That's, that's it. It. That's like, it. You got, it was the you neck got two up. Really because, good things going. For it was, you, it was
2: the neck up. Everything else was fucked, but, uh, oh, but yeah, I, I carry great. the locks for all the boys here on oh, the, on the uh, uh, representing. Great podcast.
0: Before, before we let you go, newbie, before we sign off, What's tell up? everybody about the uh, lacrosse thing, the, for for the listeners, uh, newbie got a little bit of a new gig, yeah, side gig. Um, yeah, Go ahead. So, got? Uh,
2: no, I appreciate that, Dave, sharing it with the uh, Get a Grip podcast listeners as their betters, their fans of betting. Um, I got reached out to by the Premier Lacrosse League, which is uh, they're in their third season now. Uh, they are the professional lacrosse league, and there's there's MLL, there's NLL. I personally think the PLL is doing it the best, and I'm going to be doing a new podcast called Bet on Lacrosse that is uh, all about professional lacrosse. Through a sports betting prism, and I uh, I love it. I learn from you guys, and then I just take the information you have, slap lacrosse on top of it, and boom, people uh, people love it. But no, I I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's <laughs> gonna be an awesome experience. So I appreciate you letting me say that, man. Hey, and you know what? People might scoff at that. Listen.
1: Freaking ping pong did like ten million in, yeah. uh, in Colorado this hey, last month yeah. in April. So if ping pong can get there, there's no saying that that lacrosse hey, isn't going to
2: be I'll, the next niche sport to get there. I'll tell too, you maybe. what, Dan, the tickets cash
0: all the same,
2: and all <laughs> the money <laughs> yes, for even, right. no matter what. <laughs> well That's said.
0: it. That's perfect. Well That's said. a perfect way to end this show. Um, whether it's NFL draft, lacrosse, um, you know, ping th- pong. It's Don't all the it big ball, call. anything. Yeah, the, it, whatever it is, they all cash. So we're going to cash the ticket right now. We're going to sign off for the show. He's the producer, Dan Newbert, at Newbie Talks on Twitter. Um, the executive producer of the show, Brett Smiley, uh, is also on at sports underscore handle. My co host tonight, Dan Bach, is at Dan underscore Bach, B A C K, pronounced Bach. New. Twitter bio, go follow him on Twitter. I am the sports book consigliere. Thank you for listening to the get It grip podcast episode six. We'll talk to you guys next week. Hey.